the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections, brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce, where diversity and opportunity are one. From education to employment, entrepreneurship to innovation, this program is your weekly connection to the latest trends and opportunities taking place all across Silicon Valley. Host Carl Davis Jr. talks to the rock stars of Silicon Valley and offers you engaging interviews and insights from local, regional, and internationally acclaimed business leaders, entrepreneurs, and community leaders to help you stay connected. Now, here's your host, Carl Davis Jr. Hi, I'm Carl Davis Jr. and welcome to Silicon Valley Business Connections. I'm your host, but I'm also the president and CEO of the California African American Chamber of Commerce. That's our state chamber. And I mention that so you'd be able to be connected to any black chamber in the state or western region. I can help you. We help all small businesses. And I said all small businesses start, finance, grow, and even exit their businesses. The best way to reach the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce is to go to their website at blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. My guest today is a good friend of mine and fraternity brother, (laughs) Mr. Dennis Kimbrough. And I've known Dennis for years. Matter of fact, Marlon Smith, and I say that name, he's a good friend. <laughs> Marlon Smith and I, we actually brought Dennis to California to do a, a speaking engagement, and everyone loved it so much that they were just, who is that guy? Who is that guy? Yeah. Dennis Kimbrough, how are you doing today? <laughs> Man, I am doing well, Carl. Wow. Out there in California, the Silicon Business Connection, small businesses. <laughs> Don't say that, man. Don't tell folks to be a small business owner operator. Well, what, what do small business folks do? Well, they run small businesses. What do entrepreneurs do? Well, entrepreneurs change the world. Ooh. Bottom line. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. The bottom line is, man, that we live in a growth society. I mean, this world yeah. has changed, Carl. We've gone yeah. from agricultural to industrial to information, technological. Now we're digital. But the bottom line is we are in the creator economy. Yeah. What in the world does that mean? That means you're responsible for your own economy. Mm. I don't care if you got a smartphone. I don't care if you got an iPhone, Galaxy, Samsung, whatever. <laughs> and you got a point of view. You are officially in business for yourself. And that's what you and I are doing now. So it's great to be with you, my man. Um, so many things happening in my life. Great to see you again. And uh, I'm just uh, truly blessed more than I deserve. Well, Dennis, you know, I always enjoy just interacting with you because uh, you're one of the type of folks that uh, you drop knowledge on people. Just interacting with you, you know, just grows me. And, you know, and uh, besides being who you are, an author, and we'll definitely talk about some of the books, you're a teacher also. Mm-hmm. And so I like for folks to know, tell me a little bit about you and, and your being a, an instructor. 
Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because my grades are officially due next Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on how well you did this semester, that'll be a glorious time. That'll be a hanging one or the other. So, uh, But we have fun. I've been at Clark Atlanta since 1992, although, albeit, I took off, what, maybe three years, close to four years to finish my fourth book, but I've been back there since 2000. So uh, more than, what, 22, 23 years, and I'm in the school of business and um, got many glorious stories, made so many friends and the like. And for your listeners out there who don't have the slightest idea what in the world is Clark Atlanta University and where is it located? Atlanta, Georgia, as its name, uh-huh. as its moniker. Uh-huh. And we are nestled right between Spelman College on the left, depending on what aerial view you look at, uh-huh. and Morehouse College on the right. So I am blessed and highly favored. Man, you know, I'm glad you said that because the HBCUs, there was someone talking about bringing or starting an HBCU out here in California. You need it. You definitely need it. I mean, Carl, come on. There are, there are what three or four other locations other than Cambridge. If I wanted to get a Harvard MBA, I could achieve that goal. If I want to get an MBA from the Wharton school, there are two other locations besides Philadelphia. I mean, you gotta be pretty chauvinistic (laughs) <laughs> to think that only kids in the Atlanta area or on the East Coast want an HBCU experience. Now, understand the HBCU experience and the other the HBCU history. I mean, you got 107 right now as we sit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got 107 historically black colleges and universities nestled in 19 different states in this country. And for the most part, they are all in the Southeast, the exception, you got uh, one in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Out of that 107,000, you got about 335,000 black students, African-American kids mm-hmm. going to these 107 schools. Mm-hmm. Now, give me the profile on these kids. Well, about 40% are first generation, probably a little bit more than first generation. Mm-hmm. And close to 60% of these kids come from households in which the parents can't even give them a dollar for their education. Mm. But out of that mix, out of that amalgam, if you want, out of that elixir, okay, we only teach 5% of the black kids, but out of that 5%, we produce 30% of the black middle class. Mm. And just use me as a template. Okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, I got two doctors. I got an orthopedic surgeon and I got an internist. Mm. They're undergrads, both at HBCUs. My internist, Hampton, my CPA, undergrad, HBCU. Yesterday, I'm sitting in my dental chair getting my teeth cleaned. Mm -hmm. And um, my dentist, he got his uh, dental degree from Harvard. But where do you go undergrad? North Carolina Central, Mm. HBCU. So, you know, these HBCUs, and if you had to walk a mile in the shoes of the average kid who attends an HBCU, you probably trip. Mm. You would probably trip because we've been underfunded since day one. Mm. We have been. Now, there are a lot of factors that go into that. 
And some of them are, you know, some, some of the issues are constant. Some of the issues are innate. And some of the issues, yeah, well, you know, we'll take a hit for it. We'll take a blame for it based mm-hmm. off of our mindset. But the bottom line is you want to make a difference today. you got to support HBCUs. Mm-hmm. Now, here we are in a – okay, we are walking distance from what happened uh, last summer with George Floyd. Now, everybody's tripping mm-hmm. over themselves to support black affairs and mm-hmm. black events and black uh, African-Americans in general. Mm-hmm. And I am always asked, what, what could they do? do in the field of economics in the field of business mm-hmm. well number one top of the list and i'm not asking for a handout whatever but you've got to support black businesses and specifically black african-american financial institutions okay right now carl mm-hmm. you have if you combined uh credit unions and white credit unions and banks together that would total about five thousand five hundred total white mm-hmm. banks and credit unions together. Mm-hmm. If you totaled black credit unions and black banks together, that total <laughs> would be about 42. <laughs> 42. About 42. Okay. The so, the fact, so, the, yeah, so the fact of the matter is that uh, we are ignoring yeah. the first mandate of your most prolific scholar, W.B. Du Bois, when he said, you got to organize your capital. Yeah. On a macro level, that means banks. That means financial institutions. On a micro level, know your nut. Know exactly what's coming in and what's going out. Organize your capital. So having said that, you got to support black businesses and you got to support black financial institutions. And I am not asking for a handout. As a matter of fact, right. I don't even want your money. Right. All I want Fortune 500 America to do. Just take 5% of your profits, your mm-hmm. 2020 profits, not mm-hmm. 2021, your 2020 profits, take 5% of your profits and place them in those 42 black financial institutions. Because right now, when you look at our banks, when you look at the black banks right now, what do we have? What is the commonality? Well, number one, we got lower to middle class depositors, mm-hmm. and you got multiple withdrawals. So what does yeah. that mean? That's mm-hmm. a perfect storm for financial disaster. Yeah. Why? Because if you got low-income consumers yeah. and you got multiple withdrawals, we can't benefit from the compounding effect of our money. Yeah. yeah. Now, what the hell do you know about compounding effect of money? Money is exponential. It's not nominal. Nominal, mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. But exponential is one, two, four, eight, sixteen, multiply one twenty-eight, two fifty-six, and there is a difference. So when you support black financial institutions, I know you don't want to give us a mortgage. I'm not asking for a mortgage, but I'll go to my black bank and they'll look at my profile and say, "Hey, I hold the pen. You move the paper." Mm. And we've seen that. Mm. Right? Red line, redlining was created in 1934. Listen. Every burden mm-hmm. heaped on the back of black America came from the federal government. Mm. Every burden came mm. from the federal government, man. Stop right oh. there, Dennis. Stop <laughs> right there, Dennis. Man, Dennis, we're going to stop right there. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to continue that because <laughs> I love that, brother. Hold on, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. And now back to Silicon Valley Business Connections. 
Welcome back. I'm Carl Davis Jr., President and CEO of the California African American Chamber of Commerce, and you're listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections. My guest today is author, teacher, entrepreneur, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. And Dennis was sharing redlining with us, and I didn't want to cut that conversation off. Mm-hmm. So, Dennis, finish whatever you wanted to say about redlining because you and I know that what just happened then was one of the key foundational pieces that was snatched from African-American when we talk about wealth building strategies. What do you say, Dennis? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, uh, of course, it's uh, owning and operating of businesses. And today, Carl, it's not so much being in business for yourself. We need businesses in emerging markets. Yeah. In emerging markets, we need manufacturing, we need technology, we need innovation. And that that is mindset. And also it's opportunistic. And mm-hmm. what is what is the heart of entrepreneurship? Mm-hmm. You know, the definition that I use is the same definition used at Harvard B School. It's the pursuit of an opportunity without any regard to the resources at hand. But when you when you take that that idea and assay it down to its finest components, you're basically looking at a a customer. And everybody's a customer when you think of the following question. Mm. How can I relieve somebody of their pain? How can I reduce somebody else's pain? And that pain could be anything from ordering a product, Mm -hmm. from um, making, making products and services more accessible and whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, you're out there in Silicon Valley. You're out there in Steve Jobs land. Steve <laughs> Jobs only had four reasons to be in business. Mm-hmm. And he said, number one, never be in business for the money because money won't sustain you. Mm. You know, but some of the keys, the reason why he, you know, he said the four reasons why to be in business. And one of them mm-hmm. is make it easy for people to do business with you. Mm. Well, if you're going to make it easy for somebody to do business with you right now, you know, there are 21 different ways to market or sell a product or service. Now, every Tuesday and Thursday, I stand before a Generation Z. Generation Z is the youngest faction of, of uh, you know, of uh, millennials. Mm. Uh, you know, what's that millennial generation? The younger, they got so many out. But well, I, I got know, Generation Z. Z. Z Z is a zebra. But what Mm -hmm. makes Generation Z different from all the millennials? Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a this is the generation that who has been digital since the first day of their life. Oh, got it. Got it. They've been digital from day one. They didn't walk into a digital economy. They were born from day one. They've been digital. This is the first generation that is on their phones, whether it's an iPhone or a Samsung, more than watching TV. Mm. This generation doesn't even watch TV anymore. I mean, they download videos on their right. iPhone, and that's all right. they do. Right, right. But this is a generation mm-hmm. that had an iPhone at age 12. Mm. That mm. had an iPhone at age 12. But the remarkable aspect of this generation, mm-hmm. this is a generation that, as a as an aggregate, as a total generation, mm-hmm. they ask the question, why? They ask the question, or they say the phrase, but there's got to be a better way. Mm. And that's what they are looking for. Anything, you know, Ralph Waldo Emerson and Henry David Thoreau, they love that phrase, 
simplify, simplify, simplify. Well, they had Generation Z in mind. Mm-hmm. They are always looking for the road less traveled. They are always looking for, well, how can I reduce pain? How can I ease somebody of the pain? I'll just do ABC, XYZ, one, two, three. Well, that's a mindset. Now, mm-hmm. when you marry that mindset with the realization, I don't care what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. care whether you're a corporate climber or you're an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. There are two businesses and there are um, two industries that you work in or you mm-hmm. work for. Mm-hmm. The one that you're working for today and the business or the industry that will become in five years. Mm-hmm. That's how fast everything changes. And yeah. you got to realize yeah. everything works yeah. until it no longer works. Mm. But what Generation Z does is they don't work for They don't wait for it to go out of business. They don't wait for it to stop working. They make the changes and modifications now. Mm. They do it now. Everything works until it no longer works. I want to say something to you about that. Even though you and I know that that new digitizing economy and things are coming, there are some basic principles that we still have to give them if we're going to talk about generational wealth building. But you mentioned uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson, and I know, Dennis, a lot of people don't know this about you, about your books, but would you take a second and, and give them the names of your books? And Dennis, if you would like for people to ever contact you, is there some public uh, way that they could reach you that would be something that would be acceptable to you? Oh, without a doubt. Well, the, my books, my first book is uh, Think and Grow Rich or Black Choice. Daily Motivations for African-American Success, What Makes the Great Great, number three, What Keeps Me Standing, number four, and my fifth book, and it's been way too long, released in 2013, but uh, I was just told a couple of days ago that, um, what is the name of, man, I don't even know, I forgot the name of the publisher on my audio book. Hey, Dennis, Dennis, that's our age. That happened to me the other day. I was at a hotel. Who's that guy that's going to help me? He's not the maitre d'. He's the concierge. I couldn't remember. (laughs) But, but, But digress and go to this, because that Napoleon Hill thing you said about the 30th year anniversary or edition, Tell me yes. about a little bit about that so people can be on the lookout for that because that's going to oh, come yeah, be on the lookout for that in about a year. The revised edition of Think and Grow Rich late uh, 2022, early 2023. And also Think and Grow Rich, a black choice is being produced as a movie mm. as we speak. Wow. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. And I can send you the links and the teasers. And if you want to send them out there, send them out there. But that will also be in early 2022. So that's what I've done and what I've been about. And in terms of uh, reaching out and connecting, I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. And uh, you can go to my website, DennisKimbrellWealth.com. Com, Kimber, and P-I-N-P-R-O. there you are. But in in terms of mentioning, called the, the principles. Mm-hmm. Principles never change. Yes, applications may change, mm. but the principles are set in stone. Mm. And I don't care whether you go to LinkedIn and look at their principles for success, or you go back in 1937 and go back to the uh, you know. Um. Napoleon Hill, when he wrote Think and Grow Rich, mm-hmm. uh, he came up with 17 principles for success. Mm. 
But he tells you that of these 17, the first four are the most important. Definiteness of purpose, mastermind, applied faith, and going the extra mile. So can you say that again, Dennis? For those definiteness, definiteness of purpose. Mm-hmm. What is it that you want? Mm-hmm. Definiteness of purpose. Mm-hmm. Number two. Definiteness of purpose, mastermind. Mastermind. And what is mastermind? Like getting a group of Applied master- faith. Mm-hmm. And going the extra mile. Applied faith. Be very so particular now- who you associate with. Because research has shown, I don't care if you go to Gallup, I don't care if you go to Robert Half and Associates, the executive mm-hmm. search firm, mm-hmm. 30 years from now, your income will be within $10,000 of your closest friends. Mm. Mm. So be very particular who you associate with. And what I learned from researching more than a 1,000 black millionaires that 99.9% of the time, and I asked them 118 questions on that survey. Mm-hmm. And this is the only question that I asked them mm-hmm. that came back 99.9% of the time. At what age were you when you earned six figures, $100,000 a year or more? And mm-hmm. damn near every one of the more than 1,000 came back age 30. Mm. So you want to be a millionaire and you're African-American, don't listen to me. Don't read my books. You don't have to do anything, but make sure by 830, you're pulling down six figures and keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> Sooner or later, you will hit the mother load. <laughs> so definiteness of purpose, mastermind, applied faith, going the extra mile. Hey, let me ask and, you a question about you know, Let me ask you a question about one of them, Dennis. Yeah. The, ma- the mastermind one. Marlon and I were talking about this mastermind kind of concept, but I want to see if it lines with what you're talking about. What mm-hmm. did he say about masterminding? Is that like bringing together a bunch of other like thinkers like you? What is that mastermind? Well, yes. You're not only like, you know, thinkers who are in line with you, mm-hmm. but according to Napoleon Hill, it could be thinkers in line with what you're doing now who are no longer here. Mm-hmm. They could be a part of your mastermind group. Okay, mm-hmm. you look at the actor who just died, went to um, Howard University. Um, you yeah, know, Cheeto, Cheeto, the guy that was in uh, um, um, Black Panther. Black Panther, yes, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. He and he spoke about Muhammad Ali was part of his mastermind group, mm. and many times he find himself walking across Howard University and doing the rope a dope and boxing and everything while he was doing some of his best thinking at the time. And that's also a critical aspect. You know, the the world has changed. You no longer ask the question, what do you want to be when you grow up? The question that you want to know is, why have you been created? What problem have you been created to solve? Mm. I tell my students all the time, why was I born in 1950 and you were born in the year 2000? Well, the world wasn't ready for you then. Mm. But now, since you were on the scene as of year 2000, all the stop signs have been removed. All the lights are green. All the obstacles in your play, you know, would be obstacles are no longer there. Why? The timing has never been better for you to make your grand entrance. So what problem are you going to solve? And that's what entrepreneurs do. They solve problems. They solve, they problems. solve problems. So the definition of entrepreneurship, pursuit of an opportunity without any regard to the resources at hand. 
So, but going back to my original statement, you know, what I want you to, number one, I want you to invest in black businesses and black financial institutions. Mm -hmm. But last but not least, you got to support, you know, HBCUs. Yes. Now, when we look at the endowments, you take the top 20, 25 PWIs here in the United States. And you got about 30 seconds. You got about 30 seconds, Dennis. Okay. When you look at them, how in the world are those endowments growing? Well, they take 5 to 10% of that endowment, and they invested in blue chips, and they invested yeah. in hot stocks, yeah. and they invested, you know, in uh, new ideas and new businesses. They'll go out to, you know, to Silicon Valley, and they'll take a flyer on Facebook, and yeah. they'll go ahead and put X amount of dollars in Tic Tac. Yeah. HBCUs aren't the point where they can gamble with any of their money. That's a mindset that we have got to change. Our listeners now, we're out of time now, but we want to thank our guest, Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. <laughs> and you can hear this show again if you if you miss it and you want to hear it again on our podcast. You just have to go to blackchamber.com, click on radio show, then podcast. So until we meet again, whether it's education, health, even politics or sports, it's all about business. You've been listening to Silicon Valley Business Connections with Carl Davis Jr. and brought to you by the Silicon Valley Black Chamber of Commerce. More information about today's show is available by going to the Chamber's website, blackchamber.com. That's blackchamber.com. Or call 408-288-8806. That's 408-288-8806. Copies of our podcast are available online at blackchamber.com. If you would like to know more about a specific guest or make recommendations for upcoming guests and topics, email info at blackchamber.com. Keeping you connected. Silicon Valley Business Connections. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 